How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome to Friday in Options Action. I'm Melissa Lee, live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. The market's taking a late-day turn lower to cap off an ugly week, month, and quarter. The S&P 500 at a new 2022 low. One of the big surprises this week, Apple. We've gotten a lot of questions on this one since we proposed it as a play last week. Is the theory still intact? How should we adjust? We'll go through it all together. Finally, for those who want another more mild-mannered alternative trade, we think we've got something more meat and potatoes for you. Joining us tonight, Carter Worth, Mike Cohen, a special appearance by Scott Nations of Nations Indices. First, let's get quick thoughts on the week from all of you and what a week it was. Uh, Carter, kick it off. I mean, bad week. And I, I think that the seduction, and that's why you use that word, is that somehow we're going to bottom at the June low, put in a double bottom. It, it's not like that. It's a hit parade. There's wisdom in price. Stocks go down a lot. And then what happens? They start missing their earnings. That's what we're getting now. The second act. The data is coming out from individual companies. and It's not good. Scott, what was your take? Uh, Melissa, horrible week. But I thought that the close was actually really surprising. If you look at the volatility indexes. So S&P lost 55 handles today. But the VIX actually gave back a little bit. That's the Friday effect. Valdex, which is at the money implied volatility, was only up a little bit. And so what does that mean to me? Well, it's I, contrary to what Carter said, I think most people think that the June low is going to hold. They think that the worst is past. And they're not, surprisingly, they're not particularly worried about what's going to happen in either the U.K. or Ukraine over the weekend. Hmm. Mike, I feel like you're in Carter's camp. I feel like you think the June low won't hold. I don't know. You tell me. That's a good guess. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to hold. Uh, here's basically the premise for why I don't think it will. You know, if we think about what happened to the economy during the pandemic, obviously, in terms of real productivity, in terms of real wealth creation, it was decimated. But the reason that we saw all of the prices go higher, prices for homes, prices for cars, prices for stocks, prices for bonds, was, of course, because we are creating a lot of money rather than wealth. And what we're hearing from the Fed right now is that they're going to undo a lot of that. And if that's true, then we actually have to get back to basics and really start thinking about what the value of things are. Now, if the cost of debt capital rises, that means that the earnings of indebted companies are going to go down as their interest expense goes up. And at the exact same time that that's happening, the multiple that you should be paying for stocks is also going down. And if you put those two things together, that does not take you back to the June lows. It takes you to numbers that are considerably lower. So as long as the Fed stays on the track that they are currently, and I'm not saying that that's absolute certainty, because, of course, central bankers have blinked in the past. They've done it most of the time, actually, other than Volcker. But if they don't blink, we're going lower. All right. Well, let's get to some trade, shall we? If you're sick of the volatility, that's a hint. You sold what you need to, but sometimes it's best to go back to tried and true. Carter Worth, is that an apt way to describe biotech? Well, remember, this is a very sort of uh, high flyers risk reward area. You get FDA approval right, stocks triple, you get it wrong, they get cut in half. But here's this. 
On the week, staples got murdered, utilities even worse, financials, everything's down. Healthcare was down, the sector. Guess what was up? Biotech. That's an important thing. A lot of these little ones look to be bottoming. Let's look at some charts. The first is XBI. This is the ETF. And what you see there are fairly well-defined lows over the past four years. Let's annotate those lows. The next shows you indeed how precise they are. We've bounced exactly at the COVID low. All right, moving on, how can we draw the lines? We can draw them as a cup and handle, head and shoulders, doesn't matter what you call it, it has all the elements of a reversal formation. And then finally, look at the here and now charts. Now, those were five-year charts you were looking at. These are one-year charts. We're working into the apex of that formation, and then the same chart, just with a different set of lines, look at the head and shoulders bottom. And key, even as XBI is pulled back, and you can see it having drifted lower for the past sort of eight weeks, it's making new relative highs to the S&P 500. We like it a lot. So Mike, what's the trade here? Yeah, so it's interesting. We have XBI trading uh, very close to, to five-year lows. I mean, obviously, it's pretty volatile. So we saw that area that Carter was pointing to that it was a bit lower than it is right now. Implied volatility, on the other hand, for XBI is very close to five-year highs. And this sets up an interesting dynamic for a trade that we really like in situations like this, because when you get higher implied volatilities like we have now, some of the spreads that we like to use end up with wider break-even. So why don't we take a look at this a little bit more specifically? And I was thinking about what happens to a call spread risk reversal. Okay, so right now the implied volatility is approximately 50%, and that's versus about a 33% average. And if you take a look at a call spread risk reversal going out three months, the breakpoints for that trade are gonna be down 8% for the short put and up 8% for the short call. With implied volatility at 50%, those break-evens expand to down 11% and up 11%. So what does that mean? What it means is that we could use a December 728290 call spread risk reversal. We can put that trade on for approximately even. Your downside risk is that you're gonna get long XBI at that lower short put strike of 72, which is a pretty substantial discount to where it closed today. Alternatively, you have exposure from 82 up to 90 on the high side, so essentially 10% worth of upside between now and December expiration, you get called out at 90. So think about that. When the, you're looking at trades like this in higher volatility environments, basically your downside and your upside break-evens expand. That's a situation we like, especially if we can draw a line in the sand on the downside, which I think is what Carter is doing here. Scott, what do you think of this trade? Uh, I think this is interesting. I like the space. I particularly like the space right now because it is it's not going to be whipsawed uh, with the rest of the market. And I think Mike has laid out a strategy that I know he likes to use. And I think it makes a tremendous amount of sense here. Uh, and particularly in the regime and the, the volatility regime that we see right now. Uh, again, this makes a lot of sense. If you end up taking a loss on this, you have to remember why you put the trade on. And it's because we've seen strength in the sector and, you know, it's just the alternative to buying the, buying the ETF. All right, let's switch gears here. Check out oil continuing its drop today. Crude falling 2%, closing out the quarter down nearly 25%. That's the first negative quarter since Q1 of 2020. But will the crude crush continue? Scott, you've got a way to play the commodity. I do. I think, Melissa, it's interesting that while crude oil's had a tough time, uh, in general, energy prices have stabilized. We saw what happened in gasoline prices early in the year, and then they came back down. 
Uh, that's that's fantastic. And if you look at the names, for example, ExxonMobil, you know, that stock is back into the middle of the range that it's enjoyed for most of the year. And partly that's because some of our fears about slower economic growth are going to be unrealized, particularly if you look at, say, jobless claims. And the thing about ExxonMobil is all of these integrated names are less volatile and they're inherently diversified uh, just by the nature of their business. So I think that ExxonMobil is going to go sideways for a while and we're using options. We can take advantage of that. And the way to do that in ExxonMobil is by selling an iron condor. Let's not get too flummoxed by this by the terminology. We do that in November by selling an 80 strike put and a 95 strike call and limiting our risk by buying a 75 strike put and a 100 strike call. One way to look at it is we're selling a strangle and we're limiting our risk by buying a wider strangle. So when I put this on today, I collected a net of $2.15. You can see that right there in the green. That is my max potential profit. My max potential loss is $2.85, but that only happens with ExxonMobil below 75 at the November expiration or above 100. And so that would require a break of either 14% or a rally of just over 14%. And the max profit we're going to realize between $80 and $95 at that expiration. Again, I think we're going to see energy prices and energy names go sideways for a while, and we get to take advantage of that while defining our risk. Carter, what do the charts tell you about either Exxon and or the sector? Well, importantly, in a very bad week, again, with utilities and everything else getting hurt, guess what else besides biotech was up on the week? Energy. Conoco up quite nicely. Right, The oil services, OIH, nicely. Oxy. I like it. I like energy. Mike, do you like the trade? Yeah, I mean, look, we have uh, for support, basically, we've been helping to depress oil prices recently by selling out of the SPR, among other things. And now we have a slowing economy. Those things help keep a lid on oil prices. But basically, maintaining some level of support is the fact that at some point that SPR, which is at lows not seen since 1984, and even lower if you think about it, relative to global consumption on a daily basis. So that creates some support for oil. And then, of course, we still have uh, a war going on. And, you know, the the prosecutor of that war is one of the larger oil producers in the world. So you combine those things, and I can see where you have some measure of support, but also some measure of resistance. So this does make some sense to me here. And I, I am long energy uh, on balance myself. All right, still to come. Last week, we suggested a play for Apple to the long side. Yes, this week, that looks not so good. But remember why we use options and how they add in layers of flexibility. We'll all adjust together next. And keep up with more options action, check out our website and our newsletter. Much more options action right after this. you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course, where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. 
Welcome back to Options Action. Last week, Carter and Mike constructed a long play on Apple as a relatively defensive position. It was based on a broader thesis. This week, however, we got some specific negative news in the company that whipsawed us in the other direction. We've since gotten a lot of questions on this one, so let's get right to some answers on how to adjust with Mike's call to action. Mike. Yeah, so the first thing we want to point out is, uh, obviously, we thought this might be a more defensive play, and we'll let Carter get to whether or not that thesis remains intact despite this week's weakness on a relative basis. But the important thing to think about was that in a highly volatile market, we used a relatively simple structure. We simply bought the November 160 calls, and by doing that, we had exposure to the upside, but we limited our risk to the downside. In fact, the shares are actually down considerably more than we spent to buy those call options, which was uh, between four and five dollars. Those are down about three bucks today and uh, three bucks week on week, whereas the stock is obviously down considerably more. So a couple of things we can do here. One, the amount of remaining risk in this trade is relatively limited. On a per share basis, you're looking at about a dollar and a half per share is the total risk remaining if you keep hold of this position. At most, you would lose about four and a half bucks a share if these things expire worthless. The other thing is, though, that when you have a really simple position, like just long calls, it's also possible to trade around that position. You could short stock against it if you were going to go short and use that as a hedge. But of course, if your thesis is that you want to be long, something you can do is leg into a risk reversal by selling downside puts to help to finance the purchase of those calls at that higher price. And when I was looking at this earlier today, you could sell the 115 puts essentially for as much or even a little bit more than those calls are still uh, worth at this point. And you'll, of course, be taking on the risk that you own that stock down at that 115 strike price. But that is considerably lower than the stock's even depressed price as it stands today. And I did uh, obviously hear at the end of Fast Money, somebody mentioning that they thought it might go down to the June lows. That 115 strike is well below that. Hmm. Um, Carter, do the technicals still support the original long-term thesis? Right. So um, the issue here is the relative strength, right? The stock on Monday, on Tuesday, making yet new relative strength highs, the NASDAQ 100. And then, of course, out comes this news, which, which drops the stock. Let's look at a couple charts. The two panel you see there is the line is where the stock itself peaks beginning of the year, but the bottom panel shows relative performance, outperforming all the way. What I would look for to sort of back away from this, look at the next chart, is if we break trend. And we are right on, this is an absolute chart, right? We are right on trend. Um, we hold here and bounce, stick with it. We undercut it, don't. And then finally, check, check this out. This is an all data chart, going back to the stock's IPO in the early 1980s. We are literally talking about converging trend lines. Were you to break down out of that formation, uh, then it's as low as the imagination will allow. Hmm. <laughs> so, Scott, what's your take here? Uh, listen, it's a great company. And if I get to buy it at a much cheaper, cheaper level, I would love to do that. I think a, a global take on this is don't think, oh, how much lower can my call go? Well, it can go down more by you know, another buck and a half. So don't just let it go away. Uh, trade around it and make it a better trade. All right. Um, well, Scott, you've got another trade, and some might think this is also a defensive play. It is, and I, I do think it is a defensive play. And we tend to think of staples, the, the traditional staples, as the defensive plays, the stuff that you, the companies that make the stuff that you either have to buy or that sell the stuff you have to buy. But, you know, names like Coke and Pepsi and Walmart still have stratospheric PEs. All of those PEs 
are in the mid-20s. So let's take a look at a defensive name that we can buy for a discount, and that would be Verizon. Uh, Verizon is a good business, low P.E. of about seven and a half, good cash flow of about $10 billion for the trailing 12 months. And Melissa, this is essentially a utility. Some would say it is a ubiquitous utility. Everybody has to have it. And so for with a P.E. of about seven and a half and a yield of 6.9 percent and really good fundamentals, we can take advantage by uh, by selling the November 36 strike put in Verizon. When I put this together, we can sell it for 95 cents. And we're going to take that and we're going to buy a call. So we also get upside exposure and we're going to put on a risk reversal. So we're paying a net of a nickel. Uh, the only interesting thing about this is it, it will go X dividend on October 6th. So we will see the stock fall then X dividend 65 cents. But we're putting on again a risk reversal. We're selling a put. We're using that to buy a call. We get bullish exposure to the upside on a name that I would love to buy given the, the dividend yield and the really minuscule P.E. Mike, your thoughts on Verizon and on this trade? Yeah, so the, the dynamics that we're setting up, you'll notice that the risk reversal that, uh, that Scott has here gives you very nearside exposure, but doesn't give you downside exposure until the stock uh, falls by another couple bucks. Now, part of that, as he pointed out, is a function of uh, the dividend. Another part of that is going to be what we call skew. There's a little bit of a bid for puts. And you know, one of the reasons that that would be the case is the telecom stocks tend to carry quite substantial debt. And I think that one of the reasons we see the PE where we do, one of the reasons we see the skew where we do is because I think investors right now are, are shunning companies that carry a lot of debt on their balance sheet, companies like Verizon and AT&T, which I happen to own, by the way. And I, I think there's a good reason for that. But I also think that there is a point at which we probably ought to recognize that you know these companies are probably going to stick around at least for the near future, and and so I think this trade makes a bit of sense. This is not really going that far out in time, so the, you have some time to essentially adjust your point of view uh, over the next couple of weeks if if it's warranted to. Carter, how does this one look? Well, I'm kind of on the other side of this. I just two things I'd point out: Verizon today is the exact same price it was in September of 1997. That's 25 years unch. Adjusted for inflation, you're talking about a disaster. And one could say, okay, forget about the past, but what about now? Here's the thing. It has not kept up with utilities. It is an operating business that has basically shrinking, as far as I can tell, sort of landlines and all the other problems. It's a heavy debt user. I just don't like it. Scott, last word on this. You've got some pretty strong arguments against that, against your position. <laughs> well, I think Carter's forgetting the fact that it's paid a whole bunch of money in dividends over that time. And it's relatively oh. unvolatile, so I don't think we're going to have that much trouble here. All right. Yeah, hold on. Not forgetting okay, any facts. <laughs> utilities have paid dividends, too. I'm just talking about the utility average versus Verizon. Um, utilities are up three, 400 percent. It's in 1997, and Verizon is unch. All right. We're going to let that one go. Street fight on utilities. Who knew? Uh, coming up, we're taking some of your questions after another big bearish week. A call to the tweets is up next. More options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets. The first one is for everyone. The entire panel gets to play in this one. What is your favorite buy and hold forever name to write out of the money covered calls? Scott, why don't you kick it off? Well, Melissa, obviously the problem here is if you're buying covered calls, you may not get to hold it forever, but you have to take that into account. For me, it's Google. It's a wonderful business that throws off a ton of cash. 
in the October at the money calls have a 40% implied ball. So you actually get something for selling those calls. Carter? It's the seventh largest stock in the S&P, and it's defensive. United Healthcare, managed care. UNH. Mike Coe. The guy asking the question said forever, which implies forever. a long time. Google hasn't been around <laughs> that long. I like John Deere. That was founded in 1837. When you're doing covered calls, you don't want stocks that are going to explode to the upside on growth. That's not true for John Deere. And you don't want things that are going to go out of business either. That's also true. All right. Our next tweet says, with the continued strength of the dollar, how about an update on gold? Carter, how about it? Well, dollar's cracking here, right? Extended a bad week. And what was up besides biotech and energy? Uh, GDX up 7.5% this week. Gold bullion also up. I like gold. All right. Uh, And our next viewer asks, what do you think about cash-secured puts in AMD? Forward EPS is 15 times, Mike. Yeah, I like it. I mean, this is one of those situations where you're you're looking at a name that's uh, the price has been significantly depressed and implied volatility is higher. Uh, so both of those things set up nicely. But the chart doesn't look so good, although I'm not the right person to ask about that. There's somebody else on this panel who is. Who would that be? Raise your hand, please. <laughs> How about me? I'll take a shot at that. All right. Go ahead, uh, Carter. Actually, I'm with Mike. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well put. All right. Up next, we got the final call. Time for the final call. Carter Worth. I like biotech, the XBI, the ETF. We bottomed on May 11th. The S&P hasn't bottomed yet. It's up 32% since then. Bye. Scott Nations. I want to use options to make money while defining my risk, even if ExxonMobil goes nowhere at all. All right. By the way, Scott, thanks for joining us this week. Mike Coe. Yeah, I like call spread risk reversals in XBI. And for those of you who are thinking of trying to catch those falling knives, calls are a better way to play it. All right. Well, that does it for us here on Options Action. What a week. What a month. What a quarter. We'll be back here next Friday at 530 p.m. Eastern time. But do not go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.